Hey everybody, it's Pastor Brian here with another bonus episode of the Engaging Culture podcast, this time with Pastor Alex Weiss of Vita Church. Pastor Alex was kind enough to come and share with us during week three of our Healing an Ethnically Wounded Nation series, and we wanted all of you to be able to hear uh, his heart and a little bit of the information that he shared. So here we go. Pastor Alex, thanks for the time today, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, for, I mean, you're, you're familiar to a lot of the Bridgeway family. You've spoken at our services before, uh, but for those who maybe don't know you or don't know about, uh, Vita church, can you tell us a little bit about kind of your story and then the story of your, your church? Sure. Uh, I've been in ministry for 25 years actually. Uh, and, uh, but the last 10 years, uh, we planted a church, uh, and our focus was, uh, the Spanish speaking community. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because when we first started our church plant, you know, our focus was, you know, uh, preaching the gospel to the Spanish speaking community, uh, just really reaching out to the families, broken families, broken homes. And uh, we just, you know, began to see a move of God in saving souls and, you know, restoring families. It was a beautiful thing when we first started. Uh, I mean, it still is a beautiful thing, but right. <laughs> but it's become an interesting, uh, you know, focus now because I had never thought you know, we would become, I don't know how to say it, more activists, I guess, for immigration reform. I know we're going to get into that in a little bit, but it's just kind of morphed into something totally, you know, bigger than what I thought. And I just think God had all this in mind. Sure. Now, for those who are listening and might say, well, you started, you started a church and then sort of ended up being a little bit more, more activist oriented. Uh, Those who might say, well, wait a second, how did that how did that, I mean, I know how that happened, but how did that, how did that happen? If, if all you're doing is being a church, why is it that you felt like you needed to become a little bit more active on, on issues, particularly uh, the issue of immigration? Right. It, it was never our intention to become political. That's not what we wanted. That's not what we focused on. Our focus was basically being pastors of a church and, you know, preaching the gospel and discipling people. But yet it came to us, the issue that, you know, immigration reform was so much needed. And the reason why is because uh, a little over half of our congregation are undocumented immigrants. And, uh, you know, it's not that we're asking people, but we we found out through relationships, through, you know, our own leadership, that, you know, a lot of our folks are, you know, hardworking people, loving people, love God, love the church, uh, love the mission of the church. But when we found out, you know, the status and what they're going through, and how much they've suffered. It's not a thing that they like to be undocumented or they want to be undocumented. It's mm-hmm. something that they've been struggling, but the laws that we have have limited them in uh, in their process to yeah. becoming legalized here in the United States. Yeah. I, I find that with, with a number of issues, um, certainly immigration is one of them. And I think a lot of issues pertaining to some of the ethnic wounds that Pastor Lance and, and Bishop Parnell have been talking about during the, during the series, that a lot of times it's easy to have a perspective on these issues when you view them as only issues, right? right. When it's issues that are uh, that you have some separation from. And there are certainly any number of social issues that any one of us could look at and say, well, I'm not that affected by it personally, but I still have an opinion on it. I still care about it, whatever the case may be. But in your case, obviously, this is not just an issue that is out there in the public space. This is something that is coming to the door of your church week in and week out. And this is something that is very active in the lives of 
the people that you're seeking to minister to and to share Jesus to. I mean, how has that changed the way you have thought about immigration? Oh, wow. Um, well, as I was saying earlier, our focus wasn't political issues, like you're saying. Right. Our focus was to minister to people and, uh, and helping them out. And one of the biggest things that we encountered was they having to survive, really, through you know, the unjust laws that we have in our land. Um, and so we, we began to encounter these struggles that they have been going through. And as pastors, you know, how do you come alongside somebody and trying to help them in literally impossible situations? There's a lot of people that misunderstand. They think it's easy to become, uh, you know, a resident in this country. Mm-hmm. And really, it's not as easy as people think, uh, specifically with the lack of resources, the lack of, um, you know, accessibility, and of course, discrimination, racism, upon layer, upon layer, upon layer. So uh, what we have encountered uh, are these survival, you know, struggles that our families are going through. And we've actually encountered two separation of families within our own congregation, where uh, a husband was deported, actually happened to, you know, two or three families. Husband was deported. Uh, families had to stay here and we had to find a way to, you know, support and help. Uh, some families had to really uproot and move to Mexico and their kids have never lived in Mexico before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were born and raised here. So it's, it, it's, a, it's reality to us. It's not right. an issue for us. It's sure. It's, it, it's not something you can just, you turn off the news and you don't have to interact with it anymore because again, these are real people who, you know, their names, you've looked them in the eye and this is, this is not some story that's out there. This is their lives, right? I mean, right. It's, it's, for us, it's personal experience. Yeah. We deal with these families day in and day out. Yeah. Now, um, in your role and in the community that you're ministering to, uh, you have a unique perspective on some of the kind of ethnic wounds that exist. Uh, certainly, I think in, in your position, you have some perspective on that from a national uh, national perspective, but then also just locally through this Sunday night series, we're talking about some of the challenges that we have in our nation and a history of, of racism and, and ethnic tension and all of that, uh, focusing on not only the past, but also the present and then not just the problems, but how we can seek to move forward. Cause ultimately as the, as the body of Christ, we want to be part of the solution and healing an ethnically wounded nation, as the, the series has said. I, I would love to get your perspective and for our listeners to get your perspective on some of the, the ethnic tension that, that you see and that you experience. Uh, and then also, how can members of the body of Christ of any ethnicity be part of that solution in moving forward? Well, first and foremost, we go back to scripture where God has taught us from Old Testament to New Testament how we are to treat the immigrant. And uh, when we look at the immigrant in particular, you know, I'm talking about the Hispanic immigrant, you know, those that come from Latin America, um, they're not looked at as people. They're looked at as illegals. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that when we begin to identify people dehu- by dehumanizing them and saying these words, what tends to happen is that we we cannot have any type of solidarity with them. We can't feel their pain. We can't have empathy or compassion. And uh, scripture completely, you know, the, the example of Jesus completely teaches us that we ought to have compassion and identify with people as the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. So when we begin to understand these things, 
that begins to tear down our uh, prejudices, uh, our you know racisms, and this is what the racism, and this is what's happening in our nation. Uh, one of the things that we're also uh, uh, you know encountering is this binary where uh, good things are advancing, even though it's been difficult. But when the binary of black and white, you know, uh, is um, you know on the plat uh, on the public platform in the sense of uh, you know. Uh, equal rights and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yet we have this whole other demographic, you know, of uh, Hispanics and of, you know, this whole demographic of Latin Americans too. And yeah. where we fit in the picture, I think yeah. that this is so important for us to understand that, you know, we are all made in the image and likeness of God and we cannot be ignored in this struggle. We cannot be ignored in the advancement of, you know, unity and equality. Yeah, that's that's certainly true, and it's something that's been profound for me to listen to in the in the series. I'm obviously I've sort of you know I'm open about this. I'm a suburban white person, and sort of always have been a suburban white person. I you know I've lived in L.A. and Pasadena and different places, but my context has for most of my life been suburban, predominantly Caucasian, and I'm. I get that there is ignorance that comes with that. I mean, all of us have ignorance of, of something when it comes right. to, you know, the experience of different people. And I, I'm just trying to be understanding and honest of my own ignorance so that hopefully I can be a little bit less, <laughs> less ignorant. But it's been interesting to hear Pastor Parnell uh, share some of his specific challenges. It's interesting to hear kind of you share your specific challenges. Um, I feel like there is a lot of, it's, it's strange to me though, as I'm seeing in a lot of people in the white community, there seems to be some fear that comes with seeking to understand the experience of Hispanics, seeking to understand the experience of African Americans, that somehow coming to grips with the racism that different communities have experienced, that there is just some fear in that in a lot of places in the white community. That's how it seems to me anyway. Do you think, do you see that? And if so, why do you think that exists? Uh, I think that, you know, the, the, um, the dominant culture, which of course, uh, is Caucasian, uh, in this nation has always been accustomed to be the group in power, uh, has been accustomed to be the group that, you know, sets the norms of culture yeah. and, and the minorities that come into the picture, uh, are, you know, if not directly, indirectly, well, and lately it's been more directly, uh, <laughs> have been more, um, you know, forced to assimilate that. Yeah. And, uh, and because of the resisting of that, there is a fear of dominant culture that they're going to lose their power. They're going to lose their control mm-hmm. of how they have established the culture of our nation. And really, uh, it's not about a dominant culture. If, lo- if we look at what America is all about, America is all about, you know, immigration and different mm-hmm. nations coming together and becoming one people. But sure. it's difficult when you have a dominant culture feeling, when they feel threatened yeah. by, you know, minority groups that resist the cultural norms that they have established. Right. Something else that that Pastor Parnell spoke about on a, a different week of the series that I'd, I'd love to hear your perspective on is he talked a lot about the trauma in the African-American experience. 
speaking from the, the Hispanic experience, obviously you've got members of your congregation who, as you said, they're undocumented. They live with a measure of fear uh, by virtue of the fact that they're, un- they're undocumented. And there's just a lot of uncertainty. I'd be curious to know, even in the Hispanic community amongst those who were maybe born in the United States or here legally or naturalized, whatever the case may be, yeah. to what extent is their trauma within the Hispanic community because of either past experience or things that are happening now to other members of the Hispanic community? Oh, wow. That, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But it's a good question, though. Yeah. Uh, definitely, there is trauma. Uh, it's interesting because um, we have, a, I would say, an, an intern that has come in from uh, Ecuador. Um, and of course, coming in from Latin America, you know, the perspective of their cultures, you know, the Latins are what dominate. But when we come into, when he, uh, coming into that is uh, the United States, he comes into this complete different dynamic where the, the Latino, the Latina, is the minority. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, he's noticing the dynamics. We've been talking about this of how uh, there's an insecurity of how there is um, a fear uh, that permeates the, the, you know, the, the, the Hispanics in our nation and how it's difficult for them to uh, not only just get noticed, but even want to get noticed because mm-hmm. of the fear that they have in their communities. And because of that fear, uh, it it permeates everything else. You know, Mm -hmm. it goes into, uh, you know, their, from their education to, you know, their uh, job, you know, development and, uh, you know, their, even their kids, uh, the next generations that come in after them, uh, that fear tends to be passed on where even though they are citizens in this nation, there's still a fear of, can I actually, you know, go after my dreams? Can I actually, you know, become successful? Uh, Will I be accepted and noticed? So these are the questions that are continually uh, going through the Hispanic community. And these are the things that we encounter as pastors and having to empower them and helping them see themselves, not only as God sees them, but, first of all, is how God sees them, but that they are very important to the fabric of this uh, nation. Yeah. Could you maybe speak a little bit more to to what that looks like? I mean, you talk about the need for empowerment, and that certainly makes a lot of sense. What does that look like in terms of your life as a pastor, you leading your church? How is it that you're empowering these individuals to see their their worth, certainly their worth in God's eyes, and then beyond that, their their importance to to their culture and a culture where some of them are experiencing the challenge of being a, a minority uh, and a new minority coming from, like you were stating, a place where they were in the majority. Um, can you talk a little bit about that empowerment process? Right. Uh, it's a challenge um, because you have to be, for instance, as a pastor, I have to be continually preaching about identity, yeah. continually preaching about worth, mm-hmm. uh, continually preaching about acceptance because uh-huh they don't feel fully accepted in this nation. They feel rejection. And uh, there's times where they feel that type of rejection every day. And uh, of course, now with the administration and the laws and the rhetoric, all of this, it it, it only compounds what they already had been feeling for some time now. Mm -hmm. And so uh, preaching about this, speaking into their lives, it's difficult to, um, 
you know, in power when you yourself are seeing the reality of what's going on in this nation. Sure. And how is it that people can actually rise up in the middle of the discrimination, the outright discrimination that we're seeing across the country? Right. Uh, to shift gears a little bit, um, the question of immigration is obviously a, a loaded one. It's a big one. There are there are details that are cer- that certainly go beyond my <laughs> my level of understanding. As much as I seek to be an informed citizen, um, obviously, as we stated before, this is not a theoretical issue in your world. You're you're dealing with it every day. And you were saying a, a bit ago, you never wanted to be quote unquote political, but you have to talk about it because it's it's the it's the lives of, of people. Right. Um, I don't feel the tension in that way, but I feel that tension with so many issues where I feel like, man, we really need to look into God's heart on this issue. I have no interest in being political either. I have no, I love anyone regardless of their political party, but I have no affiliation. I want to talk about issues and get to God's heart. And it seems like with immigration, so much of the rhetoric is obviously so extreme. It's either we need to cut down immigration altogether, or there are claims that, well, the only alternative to very sort of strict immigration policy is open borders, where we just let everybody in. And, and certainly that's not, that's not the case. Right. How can we have a healthier conversation about immigration in a way that doesn't seek to take political, or I should say partisan sides, because it's, it's political in the sense that it involves people. Right. How can we have a healthier immigration conversation in the church that doesn't seek to be partisan, but instead seeks to understand God's heart and then seeks to actually find real solutions? Uh, I think relationship is so key. Uh, when we walk with people, we will understand where they're coming from. Uh, and we will learn to be empathetic and compassionate. Uh, and I think that, you know, we continue, like you were saying earlier, we continue to uh, argue about issues when we're actually dealing with people's lives here. Yeah. And we're dealing with families and we're dealing with homes and we're dealing with children and we're dealing with, you know, uh, what can completely traumatize and devastate a family. Uh, people don't understand when they're saying, oh, they, for instance, somebody that deserves to be deported, they need to be deported. And, you know, they're not uh, here legally. They're not understanding the full context of how that will impact a family, how that will impact the home. And I, I'm not, you know, I'm one to, un- I, I understand that there's got to be protection in our borders. I understand that, you know, our borders are very important. We're responsible for that sure. in protecting. But yet, on the other hand, there are undocumented immigrants in our nation yeah. that I think we need to help them. We need to be able to give them the, 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 the access that they need for their process to become naturalized, their process to become easier, not as almost impossible as it is right now. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that comes from, and that stems from the heart of God. If we yeah. truly love people, we are going to love everyone. We're going to love the immigrant. We're going to love everyone. Yeah. And yeah. so I think that we need to begin to look at people with the eyes of compassion, the way Jesus looks at people. Yeah. And if we do, that means we will find solutions. We will find ways to help people out. Yeah. And to keep families together and to, you know, really bring uh, the heart of God uh, into a reality into these situations. Yeah. It's extraordinary to me the, the cruelty that we as humans are capable of when we dehumanize one another. 
Right. And, and certainly human history uh, has a long track record to, to suggest that. Uh, but at the same time, to speak a little bit more positively, I'm amazed at sort of the human ability to find solutions <laughs> when we look one another in the eye and humanize one another and empathize with one another. And instead of just sticking into our camp, say, okay, how can I, how can I understand my fellow human right. and, and really seek their best? Uh, there's, right. There can be hopefulness there. And as, as we begin to wrap up, I do want to kind of see if we can maybe, maybe close on sort of a hopeful tone because we've talked through obviously a lot of really challenging issues. I want to hear from you. Where are you seeing God work in your church and in your community in the midst of all of these struggles? And, and what, what, what brings you hope in this current season where I know you're facing a lot of different challenges? Another loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of them. We can just sit here all day. Um, you know, we, we are seeing God move in the middle of all that's going on. One of the things that we're seeing is, you know, the Hispanic community naturally is more clannish. Uh, it's more united, more tightly knit. Well, this is only empowering them and uniting them so much more to fight for the struggle. When before, uh, you know, basically they were waiting on someone else to come and save them, per se. You know, because uh, being, for the most part, uh, not noticed or undocumented, wanting to hide, now they're saying, okay, we need to make a difference we can't just sit back and allow these things to happen. And so yeah. for me, that's a positive mm -hmm. because they're starting to rise up and understand their worth and understand their voice because they have a voice yeah. and, and they can use that voice to bring change. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And, 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 the, and, and I feel like in so many different ways, I mean, that's ultimately what I think what we want as pastors is people who are, filled with the spirit of God, who are formed by his word, who are right. seeing the world through his eyes, and then are seeking to make positive and productive change in a way that is glorifying to God and, and cares for all people, but particularly, uh, you know, those who are struggling, who obviously the scriptures speak repeatedly uh, to our need to care for them. And, and certainly the, the immigrant or the stranger is, is obviously, I don't need to tell you how often that's found in the Bible, right? Well, and another thing, one more thing I just wanted to add. Um, we also have been seeing that there are allies out there. There are people yeah. that love and support uh, the people that we represent. That's something that we didn't notice as much in the past. But now because of what's happening in our nation, mm -hmm. uh, I love what's happening with people from other ethnicities that are starting to come alongside us and rally uh, you know, around us and helping us out and becoming a voice for those that don't have a voice, which the Lord has called us to do to, you know, care for the least of these. Yeah. I, I'd be curious to know, and you, you don't need to name names of people or even organizations necessarily, but wh where are you seeing that sort of partnership or even within the faith community? Wh wh who are, where are some of the allies that you're, you're finding? It, it, you know, you say without saying names, I, I do. Mean, want you, to can, you can if you want to, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, we have uh, become a part of, um, here in Sacramento, there's an organization called uh, SAC Act. And uh, SAC Act is an organization of area, ACT is a short for area congregations together. And uh, really it's an interfaith uh, organization that, uh, it, you know, has um, brought together clergy from different faiths so that way we can uh, fight for social justice mm -hmm. and be the voice 
for those that don't have a voice. And yeah. being a part of that organization, we've begun to see so many people uh, that are not Hispanics that have come in, in support mm-hmm. of our cause. And uh, at the same time, we also are a part of the greater cause of what's happening in our nation in the sense of, you know, fighting for social justice. Yeah. Awesome. Love it. Well, hey, thank you so much for uh, for making the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I mean, more importantly, obviously, for the work that you're doing um, in your church, in the community. Uh, it is absolutely invaluable. And uh, we are big fans of you here at Bridgeway. And uh, anyway, just thanks again for, for the time and for sharing a little bit of your heart with us. We appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. I'm a big fan of Bridgeway. Pastor <laughs> right. Lance and love you guys. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Thanks to those of you for listening. We'll be back with our uh, next episode, our next Tuesday episode here in just a couple of weeks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.